I, I just don't like how society it's it, what that says about society is like people don't want to solve their own problems. They're waiting for some superhero to come and, and solve their problems, man. The superhero is inside of you, man. You got to be your own superhero out here. That's kind of the whole point of like Spider-Man though. Know, like you got to step up and do it yourself. And like anybody could be Spider-Man. Like that's, that's the whole thing. That's why he's the most popular superhero. Oh, okay. Cool. I don't need to. I don't need to spend three hours of my life. But you, you would life. love. I, I wouldn't say you would love it, but like this is your Marvel movie because all that Marvel stuff that you don't like, it wasn't in this movie. That's that's what I came for. Oh, Eternals. Yeah, oh. it, it did have that stuff. Did have Paperboy in there? Did he spit a verse? He, he was a gay guy. Like, oh, I, I appreciate the range. Yeah, yeah, so like because he is a straight up thespian. Hardcore makeout scene, like. Goodbye, kiss like for like thirty seconds, just straight on, like no cutaways. You like, damn, uh, uh, okay, like, <laughs> is that like a rite of passage to be Academy Award winner? I mean, if you're black, like let, let the the Illuminati people tell it. Like, you got to wear a dress or be gay. Oh well, I don't know. I mean, Denzel Washington. I don't think he's done any uh any roles where he was gay. Because he got to a role. Uh, where was Tom Hanks being gay in Philadelphia? I mean, he did have on that uh, Hawaiian shirt and uh, <laughs> devil wears a blue dress. <laughs> you nothing wrong with a Hawaiian shirt. If you about to go to Jamaica, you don't think I'm not going to have on a Hawaiian shirt, man? I might not wear a shirt. I'm definitely bringing that translucent shirt. With me. <laughs> translucent white gold flex on that. That's the perfect time to wear that motherfucker. <laughs> I am dusting that off. <laughs> oh, man. You gonna be out there with goddamn Tim's and a hoodie yes, on, sir. right by the pool of shit. <laughs> I just love to make it. I'm talking Motors Venus, sipping margaritas on the beach in my ideas. Yeah. Why you think I got the Yeezys on, bro? Yeah, that's, right. that's, right. that's a flex. Right. <laughs> margaritas in my Adidas, bro. Margaritas in my Adidas. Yeah, yeah, you're back with another episode of Anthropology where we mind and mind culture. It's your boy, the Silk Man, El Se Doso, Leone, Swa, Air Silky, uh, Champagne Silky in the building with my compadre as always. Yes, yeah, boy, Louie Newton, the people's champ, the resident Rizza of the podcast, Lulu Hakusho, got the spirit gun for the ops. What up? Yeah, what up, though, man? So we doing these season two recaps, the, uh, the season starting off. Uh, March 24th or 25th. I can't, you know, the date keep moving or something. I don't right. know. Wait, what's the date? March 25th? Yeah, I think it's the 25th. 25th. All right. So don't hold me to that. Don't. Right. Uh, but season two, episode eight, we're talking about the woods. And we're going to start off. First of all, we're going to start off taking a shot, man. Oh, you yes, know. sir. Yeah, what we what we sipping on, Louis Newton? Uh, is this the Uncle Nearest? Yes, sir. It's that Uncle Nearest, man. Martin Luther King days tomorrow. Uh, this is a drink where, you know, what was it? My man Jack Daniels. Yeah, Jack Not my Daniels. man. My man Uncle Nearest right. was played by Jack Daniels. Correct. And you know the way they describe it, talking about oh he was a a, a helper or something <laughs> to Jack Daniels. Right. No, Jack. He came up with this, and exactly. Jack Daniels took advantage of it, just yep. like. Uh, eagles be trying to, you know, they take the sound from 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 black eagles or whatever. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the red tail falcon, I think, or the red tail hawk. Like we were just talking about how eagles really like the the sound you think when you hear a uh, eagle, like oh, with the guitar riff in the background, like the super American shit that they play in the movies. <laughs> That's not really what they sound like. Like eagles sound like a cross between like a seagull and a dolphin. Like they make these real <laughs> weird, short, chirpy noises. It's fucking weird. Like I didn't realize until I looked it up. And the the sound that you associate with eagles is from the bird that just looks just like the eagle, minus the white face it's just the it's just a brown version of an eagle and shit. It don't got the white face so they like all right no we're gonna use that one for the look of america but we just gonna take the sound of that like like, like elvis like you right know? <laughs> well like so like yeah i i, I think justin uh justin bieber actually sounds like uh <laughs> like fran dresser from from uh that show what was that show it's the nanny. <laughs> from the she actually, she actually sounds like the nanny but they put him on they, they give him nigga too so he sounds like us <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the eagle is the nigga to fucking bird. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, so, what, what we toasted to? 
Oh, man. To the originals. To the originals. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, of course. So you know, I, I found out, out about this a few years ago. Like, cause I I drink Jack. Like, I enjoy the taste of Jack. And mm -hmm. um, then I found out they stole it from a black dude. I'm like, oh, no, I got to get on that. Like, yes, so. sir. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, well, before we get started, I was out at uh, Willis Bar. And electric guitar dudes, white boy, we had on an Uncle Nearest t-shirt. I was like, oh, that nigga cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But back to this season two, episode eight, we're going to start off reading uh, the, the synopsis via Wikipedia. So Af Alfred spends the day with a female friend named Sierra, but ends up abandoning her at a nail salon after an argument over the authenticity of his career. On the walk home, he meets three fans who decide to mug him when they realize he's alone. Alfred flees into the woods after narrowly avoiding being shot, but finds himself lost. As he looks for a way out and day turns into night, he's followed by an apparently mentally unstable man called Wiley. Although he initially seems innocuous, Wiley eventually holds Alfred at knife point and threatens to hunt him down if he doesn't find a way out of the woods. Alfred finds himself at a BP gas station after a mad dash and, after a moment of catharsis, enters to get something cold to numb his wounds. When approached by a fan, he decides to break personal tradition and take some selfies with him. Hmm. The opening song is Meditate by Earth Gang, and in lieu of a closing song, a dedication to uh, Brian, oh, Brian Henry's mother, William Kearse Rice heir instead. She died on May 12, 2016. Rest in peace. That's like right after Mother's Day, too. Wow, yeah, that's deep. Um, and it's... Uh, so, one thing that I noticed initially, I, I felt this this episode was... Like, we have this arc of all these different episodes highlighting, um, you know, the other co-stars. You right. had Teddy Perkins, yep. you had Darius' character, yep. you had Champagne Poppy, Van's character, and now you have The Woods with um, with uh, Paperboy's um, character. And, and all these episodes seem to be on brand to those characters. It's like you found out certain things about them, and then these episodes kind of expand them. Like you right. know that Darius is eccentric, so of course he's going to go and try to get a free piano. Exactly. You know Van is, is looking for identity, so of course it makes sense to have an episode about how she's trying to be into the mainstream. Oh, okay, this is what will give me, you know, a sense of identity or some kind of you know lift to my my own personal state is like having a picture with Drake to spike up right. on Instagram. Now we're with uh, uh, Paperboy, which. I can see all the way from the first episode when after Earn goes to get his song played, they're playing on the radio. Earn sitting next to him, he's like, "Yeah, this is a really good song. It's actually a good song." And then Paperboy says, "Man, I don't even like this song." So he's has this core. He's battling depression, you know, constantly. They're showing that side of him right. of like the whole vulnerable, you know, kind of depressive state that he's prone to. So what what were your what were your thoughts initially when we when we started? When when you first saw the episode in that so, scene, my thought, like I I see it as a clear fork in the road episode, like <laughs> where he has a decision to make, and uh, it's either to go this way where it starts, and or to go this way where it ends, and like if he doesn't pick, he's stuck in the middle. And where that's where he really doesn't want to be in the middle of this episode, like running through the woods or getting robbed. So, like, I, let, let me explain a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the ways. Yeah, go. So, like, when he's uh, hanging out with his friend, uh, what, what was her name? Sierra. Sierra. When he's hanging with her, like, he's he's in a nail salon. He's getting a manicure, and like, she's talking about um, she's uh, Instagram famous. Like, so she's basically famous for being. Famous on Instagram, like so, she has to post the pictures. She like mm -hmm. has to wear the makeup because that's what she sells. She sells wigs, like that. That's her thing, and she like kind of floats the paperboy. Hey, like you got your brand, I got my brand. Let's be let's a couple, build. like let's, let's like, exactly. We could build off each other, boost well, each other up. Or they say let's collab. Is that but like she's talking about like a real relationship like yeah we don't have to even fuck all the time like but like it's it's that kind of thing like and he's like no I, I keep it real like I don't have to uh 
do this and do all that fake stuff. Like, I, I can just make it and be me. And as he's making this whole little speech, she takes a selfie right. of them getting their uh, toenails, getting pedicures or whatever. And he makes her delete or whatever. Like, I, I just told you I'm blah, blah, blah. So she then cuts into him like, there is no such thing as real. Like, you, you if you want this, this is what comes with it. Like, right. you got to be willing to put the work in, which is what she's doing like and she's making a living for herself so he literally gets up and walks away from that life like walks away from that into the realness of the city mm -hmm. and it goes downhill right um so that it, it was interesting from the standpoint that he's a rapper he's a creator she sells wigs but she's got a big following mm -hmm. she may have been attached to somebody else before that raised her profile exactly some of what you mm -hmm. see a lot on a lot of these ig people like a like a b simone or something like what are they famous for like, i forgot one thing go ahead like so oh in the and i'm glad you mentioned that like she was attached to somebody because what she was telling paperboy and what kind of is, is a carryover from the other episodes is he's getting to a point where he feels like Earn, his cousin, isn't managing them properly. And like he he's seeing that like what other people are getting right. that he should be getting more. And she and uh Sierra's telling him that's her name, right? Sierra. Mm -hmm. And Sierra's telling him like, yeah, like your your manager should be doing X, Y, and Z. Like he's hearing this constantly. So that's another decision he's gotta make. He's gotta make a decision to right. take this seriously and go with somebody serious who's in that industry who's gonna have him doing the stuff that they're doing, but like, go ahead, like, yeah, right. Um, so yeah, and like the next episode, you'll see that play out. Uh -huh. What you just talked about, yep. the, the other crossroad about I'm trying to keep it real, stay with my family, you know, you know that kind of stuff. And she's she's giving him when she's talking to him, she's giving him good advice. Right. Um, live more in abundance, you know, step into this new space that mm -hmm. you're in. You, you got to elevate. Um, but he has merit with what he's saying because when they're in the store, you know, she's like, oh, you need to wear this, wear that, boom, boom, boom. You should be getting this, you should be getting that, fine. But then when they get to the nail salon and she's like, oh, you know, you've been not real, all this kind of stuff. And he's like, I don't have to you know, I don't have to, what do he say? He's like, I don't have to, you know, people that I can be myself is boring people that feel like they need to change or some shit. Right. Something, something I along thought was lines. real, you know, that he said that. Um, because when I think about it, like, when you say you got to change, like, when you change, like, you're looking at somebody else and being like them. You're not following your own path or your own sort of, like, sense of identity. Like, I... When she's saying, you know, you're not real or what, I, I didn't get the whole context around why he what why he needs to be fake or what being fake looks like. Oh. I mean, if they're to get, I mean, I, so I guess the tipping point of that was taking that picture, and he wanted her to delete that. Right. She needs that because, like, right. oh, now, now they got the blogs talking about her, and that boosts her profile. Exactly. People and, come to her and, and they buy and her wigs. And, and, and it would boost, yeah, right. we'll boost his profile, too. So my take on it is, nigga, you're there. She's taking a picture of something that's actually happening. Like, you're not doctoring this. Like, yo, right. you, you really know her from back in the day. Y'all really hanging out. You're really doing this thing. Like, taking that picture is not real. But he wants to be like, his idea of real is something different. Like, so he gets out because he going to be real. Like, he walks off. She's like, I drove. He like, I walk. Cool, because he real. He bumps into the three dudes who rob him. Like, it's three young dudes who recognize him. Like, oh, shit, you paper boy. Mm -hmm. Like, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, you buy you, you walking? Like, and I, I, I wrote this down because mm -hmm. they said, oh, so you walking? Like, oh, yeah. He like, what? I can't walk you? And the guy's like, oh, no, I see. You keeping it real. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, Because that, that's what keeping it real for him is. Like, you still walking through the hood. Like, bro, you don't live in the hood, man. Like, right. when you say that, you, you, you're not walking up to the liquor store where you're getting robbed by three teenagers and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, like, she's just saying you got to, if you're going to do this shit, you got to do it for real. You have to step step with both feet 
into it, like and take it seriously. Like right. and he has he has to make that decision. You you can't live half in this world and half in that world to where like, oh, I'm just gonna be me. But you're trying to see, be successful in this industry, so you have to do what it takes to be successful in that industry and to a certain extent. But, so, you know, you see that a lot um, in music videos. There's this ethos around, I'm really rich, I got mm -hmm. all this money, I got all, you know, all these nice cars, but I'm still in the hood. I mean, you saw that with Bad you decision. Know? Yeah. I mean, you see that a lot. I don't know if it's doctored or whatever, or like Future or something, like if, you, you know, he had a lyric, it was like, living lavish and I'm still here. Man, you know, some shit like that. Yeah. But um, this whole notion of you can't transition out of the hood. You got to stay real, got to be in the hood. You got to be in that, be out there with all your jewelry on, all that kind of stuff. You don't, you don't go aspire to that next level. Uh, because the whole, think about it, trap music. It's a, it's a trap. You got yeah. out of that trap, right. but you're still going back to that trap. Like, sadly, like with Young Dolph, man, like, that's really sad what happened to him from the standpoint if he's trying to support a black business in his hood, trying to stay real, like, get money to the hood and all that kind of stuff. MC Hustle. Exact same thing. It's like, uh, this one dude, Pontiac DDG, I don't think he's a, he's a rapper here in Michigan, uh, Pontiac, whatever. Um, he, he had a, he had a tweet that said, you know, the hood, you know, when you make it, your hometown is the dangerous, most dangerous place to be. And that shit's sad, yeah. you know? Damn. Um, but I want to dial it back a little bit, you know, to talk about the when they're in the luxury store, right? Okay. So they weren't getting assistance, right? At Nobody all. was coming up to them. Right. Uh, you know, and that kind of brought me back to like a, a Kanye West lyric where they say, see, see, it's broke nigga racism. Don't touch shit in the store. It's rich nigga racism. Please, please come buy more. Right? Right. So... His image is he looks like a broke, you know, he just exactly. got on the hoodie, he got right. on the jeans, he got on the Air Force Ones. Um, and she's trying to get him to level up and wear different stuff. Like, so she's actually was good for him from the standpoint yeah. of giving him the right uh, If you're trying to be in that industry, that, that's the way to go. Like, she's savvy, she knows what, and she's not like, we didn't see anything that would make us think she's a bad person or mm -hmm. like, she's just playing a game that, you, right. that you're trying to get into. And how'd you feel about the fact that nobody was helping him? Like, you know, oh, yeah, I, I felt like, that too. Like, like it, 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 something like that makes me think, like, why would I even spend money at this store? Right. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm too good for that. But, like, he's not at that level where they know who he is. Like, it's not, please buy more yet. Like, right. So, so it's either they... they don't recognize it's either your that scene to me was like a black man is either Mr. Nigga, yep. the star, rich, we gonna take uh -huh. advantage of everything he got, or he's the invisible man. Yep. Ralph Ellison. Yeah, you're either you don't exist. Not or, the invisible man, the 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 horror the Ralph Ralph Ellison invisible man. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, yeah, you don't exist. We don't even see you. You don't matter. Um so yeah, and then they're at the nail salon. Um, and, and then she does make a good point around how we live in a box, this whole black male masculinity where like, if you get a manicure or a pedicure, you consider gay, you know, if you brush your teeth, you're gay, <laughs> but how did you, you know, what, you wear what a pink you, shirt, you get, you're right. definitely gay. <laughs> what are your, you know, your thoughts on that? Cause I mean, I get a manicure and pedicure. I take care of myself. Like I don't, you know, it. This whole, and then he kind of like, cause she was, she was like, oh, most guys wouldn't even do this. And then he kind of made a face like he felt like as if, you know, you, you notice that when he made yeah, that face yeah. around when she said, oh yeah, most guys wouldn't even do this, you know. Right. Well, like he, he didn't know that it was gay. Like, but then he just learned it was gay in that moment. <laughs> no, I know. Why, I know. <laughs> but the whole notion that most guys don't do this means that it was gay. Like, so most guys watch sports. That means people that don't watch sports are gay. Like, exactly. Yeah. It's ridiculous, <laughs> man. Like, it, it's, that kind of goes back to the, that episode. Uh, I think it's like the second episode where it's this whole, the, the whole uh, irrationality around, you know, gayness and stuff in the black community. Like, they were like, Oh, the dude was the, the trans woman I was with, and he was like, "Oh, y'all in jail? Y'all have sex with guys anyway?" See, that's different. That's jail. <laughs> right. How is it different? It's the same, no matter where you at. So, yeah. but whatever. 
Um, I don't think most people think that, but like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. But so what I was going to say is like, I think the box is kind of, it works both ways. Like you box straight black cis men in like the, the, our community there, there is a box that is kind of enforced and there are people who are allowed to be outside of that box i.e. entertainers like rappers, but they're in their own box because they can go so far, but, like, once they say they're gay, like, now the dudes who are, the cis dudes who are in their box, now they're gay for liking you, so, like, you can't do that because that's going to hurt your your stuff, but, like, you you can, you're allowed to wear a dress, but you got to say that you got a AK-47 under it. Right, that reminds me of Boondocks with uh, Gangsta exactly. exactly. Like, he had the dress and then uh, had the skirt and then Riley was dressed just like him. Yeah. It was like, this is, you know, this is, it's like, you can hide what you want to hide from the police. Exactly, that's real shit. Like, you, you can kiss a man, but it's got to be gangster shit. You got to explain it in the terms of the mafia. Like, oh, the mafia people do it all the time. Yeah, they, <laughs> we even more real about it because we use the tongue and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's Burbank Lil Wayne. Like, right. it, it, that, that's real life. Like, mm-hmm. so it, it, I, I feel like they're not, we're not accepting enough of that lifestyle for them to be able to fully be themselves. Like, they can be themselves, but up to a point where it's still a little bit of plausible deniability. Right. And I, I don't like that. Like, yeah, it's like be you. Yeah, exactly. I would respect it so much. Um, I love McConan. That's his name. I don't love McConan, but that's <laughs> his name. Um, he fell off extremely. He had the one song. He, he got, I guess he got it's the drink. It's going effect. up you know, on a Tuesday. Tuesday. That song was fire. It, that yeah. was a hit. But, I mean, it probably aided mo- most from the Drake effect. But he fell off extremely, and then he tried to pop up saying, hey, I'm gay. <laughs> and just nobody cared. <laughs> right. They're not hot anymore. Yeah. Like Lil Nas X did it. His music was still good, I guess. Yeah. I, I haven't gotten past Old Town Road. I can't think of any other song that was that, catchy. That one with Jay, Jack Harlow, Industry Babies. I heard it okay. like one or two times. Song's not bad. Okay. The video is extreme. Like uh, he He's putting it out there. and like It's not for me. But I love the fact that he did it. Like, right. Yeah, it, 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 you know, it, it's it's good to live in a society where he can do that and be free right. Exactly. About that. Exactly. So, um, so, and then you know, there's another element of that episode where you're in a, you know, like you're in a, an, in an establishment. You're spending your money, and then the people amongst you are talking in another language. How do you feel about that? Does that bother you? Does that affect you in any way? Not, not at all. Like, uh, uh, is there a feeling of Sometimes I feel like, because there there's two different experiences in this country. Um, there's the there's the black experience of like being born here, right. um, it, it brought here from slavery, and then there's the immigrant experience where it's like you had you you're still tied to your culture and your language, but you just moved here for a better better place, right? To scrub people's feet. Well, in that there see they scrub people's feet, That's and what then we're their kids about. go. To how you know you know go to Harvard and Stanford sometimes. and all that kind of stuff yeah sometimes right or sometimes they, their kids scrub people scrub feet too <laughs> still but um this whole notion like for instance this kind of now it's kind of bringing me to the difference between Tupac and, and, and Notorious B.I.G. because you know Notorious B.I.G. he was the the mother of an immigrant like his mother came over from right. Jamaica right. whereas um, Tupac was the the, the son of a um, Black Panther. Black Panther, right? Grew up here, so you can see the difference in their, you know, in their their music and their approach to America. Like Biggie's approach to America was this opportunity. I'm gonna go get it. Whereas the person, you know, he his was more about injustice and you know all these different things. So it's like mm-hmm. carrying on that baggage that you have. It kind of you know, and then you see other. It, it's a it's an interesting thing how immigrants advance so much quicker in this country than than, than black people a lot of time and even still to the point of like Africans that immigrate over here progress faster than than black people that are already here and they have this notion immigrants have this notion about black people that were lazy no we we built this country right and y'all you know you come over you know you have those advantages you don't have the baggage you don't have you know any of that systemic you know issues that you have to deal with when you say baggage what do you mean the baggage of the history of slavery here you know, you don't have that. How does that affect you, us, 
me like today. From the stand, your mindset is you can't do everything in this country. Like people come over this country seeing it as the land of opportunity. You know, you're you're on the outside looking in, but when you're already here and in, you know, some households, they tell you you can't do this or you can't do that, or like you gotta work twice as much to get half as much just because you black. You know, that kind of a lot of people grew up like that in, yeah. in this country. And when you come from another country, like say your parents came over here, they're gonna be a little harder on you and they're gonna expect more of you because of all the opportunities that's that's mm-hmm. here. Um Fortunately for me, my upbringing, that was never something that was instilled in me that you can't do whatever you want to do or be successful in this country. But sadly, a lot of black people, like even in this episode, like with with Wiley saying, you know, you're stubborn and you're black, you know, like right. like being black is a bad thing. Right. Like he Wiley's in that mindset of like that, you know, of just kind of ghetto mentality, there's inferiority complex that they intentionally and systematically instilled in the people that are here, right? All right, and I was asking those questions, not because I didn't know, but like for the listeners in case they, they did. Right. So right. I want to expound a little bit upon uh, on what you were saying. And there's also another element of like just the socioeconomic aspect of holding a certain group of people down like and making money off of them, like keeping them as a permanent underclass so mm-hmm. the middle class can climb up on their backs. Like, so right. when black people came, like, let's say to Detroit, we were kind of funneled, and this was all the major cities, you're funneled into one area that that's the only area black people right. can live yeah. in. And it's specifically kept run down. Like, the mm-hmm. landlords are making money hand over fist because they're charging, uh, way more for that space than they would a white person, but they're also putting way less work in. So like they're, they're the profit margin is higher. So they're making money off of that, but it's less taxes. Like the school, the the schools aren't as good because it's black people in that district. Like, so they don't put the resources into it. So like you get people who are already poor, who are paying higher, can't get jobs because they just don't hire black people. So, like, you're keeping them in a certain state. They have kids who go into these bad schools who mm-hmm. not impossible to make it out. They're, thousands did, but, like, the odds are stacked against you. Like, right. so when you do this generation after generation mm-hmm. after generation, like, you're watering down, like, an entire community. Like, so if you're born into that community that's been watered down generation after generation right. after generation, right. like, you're going to, where you start doesn't necessarily have to be where you end up, but you're starting from so much, with so much more baggage, yep. like you said. Like, exactly. and, and that's, it. you got to carry that. Like, so somebody, an immigrant coming over with, None of that baggage. All they know is this the land of opportunity. And and they have advantages that we might not have. Like they I'm not gonna say like they, they have it hard too, but like it, it it's it, it's different. It's different. Like so that's a huge part. I I don't, I don't wanna get go without saying that. But yeah, um definitely. go ahead. And I mean, even down to the point, like I was watching something called They Have to Have Us, which was it was a pretty good kind of Doc, three-part documentary going all the way, starting with like Harry. It started with Harry Belafonte, Sidney Poitier, oh, okay. right? Rest okay. in peace. Um, and it ended with Black Panther, right? Just showing right. the progression of Black people in. Cinema. Rest in peace, Sidney Poitier. Yes, rest in peace. First um, Black star. First Black star, always a great role model for everyone. Um, you would definitely be missed, but your presence will always be felt. Rest in peace. I can feel him slapping that white man right yeah, now. <laughs> right, yeah. Now question me. Well, your your attitudes, Mr. Endicott, your points of view are a matter of record. Some people, well, let us say the people who work for Mr. Colbert might reasonably regard you as the person least likely to mourn his passing. We were just trying to clarify some of the evidence. Was Mr. Colbert ever in this greenhouse, say, last night about midnight? Good, Lesby. Yeah. You saw it 
I saw it. Well, what are you going to do about it? I don't know. The real shit. <laughs> like, you ain't about to play me. Right. And that was the thing. Like, I don't even want to, yeah, we don't, we don't need to get in that right now. Right. Like, the, the context around that scene. But, um, yeah, because it, it, it was ad lib. Like, right. Oh, oh. He was strong. He was powerful enough that they couldn't. Hey, they couldn't fuck right. him. Right. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Exactly. And cut. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. But then, uh, oh yeah, the part that I want to get to is like the whole immigrant experience versus the you know ancestors of slaves and experiences being brought right. in this country. Um, this documentary was made by a African filmmaker. Right. Okay. Or black British or whatever. Right. You know, name. But one thing that like for instance, Samuel L. Jackson, who some people will say he greedy, you know, as many roles he being or whatever, he didn't say anything. I, I still don't think him and Denzel rock with each other. It'd be interesting to see them two in a movie. Yeah, I haven't seen that since have they ever been in a movie again? I don't think they've ever been in a movie together. Was Sam Jackson in Mo Better Blues? Was he the crackhead? He was Gator. No, that's uh, that was Jungle Fever. That was Jungle Fever. Yeah, yeah. whenever in the movie, oh. but said you know a lot of actors, you know, they popped out and said, you know, they're against rappers becoming, uh, you know, movie stars. Okay, but for instance, New Jack City, Ice T was more well known than Wesley Snipes, right? Yeah. Another thing is black uh, British actors playing historic black people. Yeah, like you know, you had. Um, what comes to mind in particular is David uh, Yellow playing yep. Martin Luther King yep. or um, Cynthia or whatever playing um, Aretha Franklin. I mean, and uh, Harry Tubman. Wasn't David Yellow? didn't he play some? No, that was where he was slaying. But, oh, yeah, so Solomon Norfolk. Yeah, and, you know, yep, so uh, I mean, all the man, uh, I hear Chico, I would you Yeah, yeah, that guy. You knew what I was talking about. Yeah. So that, so it's, and then also it goes to like, Taking advantage of the, the so they Idris Elba playing Stringer Bell. I'm gonna just say it right. Yeah, Idris Elba playing Stringer Bell. You know, I remember he said something. I don't remember what it was, but I was watching the wire. He said something, and it sounded off. And I'm like, oh, he's really not from the hood. Like, cause I, I thought he was black in front. Like, I thought he was just a regular black dude. Right. I'm like, oh well, no, he he. He doesn't sound like that. No idea he was British. Like, it went up. I'm like, oh, it makes sense. Franklin Satan Snowfall. Oh my God. Yeah. Dog, he's not even like Dizzy Rascal, like from the gutter, but like he's like hoity toity pinky <laughs> in the airport. Like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah. Have a couple of yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, Would but, you like some crack with that? Have some grams for five or ten. Some <laughs> <laughs> sir. Yeah, man. You know my unbreakable. He knows how to play cricket, bro. He, he's a cricket player. I don't know that for me. He just <laughs> seems like he ain't nah, like playing play play cricket for sure. But yeah, I, so yeah, so and then I mean, even down to the fund, like a lot of scholarships and stuff for black people. They go to you know British black people oh. come over here for engineering and stuff oh, like that. Yeah. You know? So it's it's the opportunities there, and that that's a good point because um, I guess we let's move a little further yep, again. Yep. Like here on Anthropology, we're giving you the 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 floor of what we're talking about is the episode, but we're teasing out other things for you to think about as you rewatch this and understand that here at Anthropology, we mind and mind culture. Yes, but uh, back to the episode, um, moving a little bit forward. So he leaves the nail salon. And mm -hmm. he's like you said, he's like, he had that fork in a row where I can be fake. I can take these pictures with Sierra. No, he's already chose the fork. Like he had the choice. He chose no. to walk off. He chose that I'm going to be real. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yep. So he had that fork in the road right. where I could either be what he considered fake, taking pictures with Sierra and doing this kind of relationship yep. collab yep. for likes and stuff, or like you, he, he left and he said, I'm going to be real. I'm just going to walk around, be a regular dude, mm -hmm. you know, and um, you see what happens there. You see, you know, he, he walk, he, he's just walking, minding his business, and he comes across uh, three people that recognize him, three young dudes. Um, and how does that go? So, like, first it's just, oh, you're paper boy. Like, and then it's like, what are you doing here? And then it's like, I'm just walking. They're, like, in a secluded area next to some train tracks. Like, and, like, you can see that the, the tension is starting to build. Like, everybody's looking around at each other. All of a sudden, one of the kids 
has a, a, a drink in his hand. He throws the drink like the ice hits Paperboy in the face. Before you know it, the other one swings on him. Boom, he hits him. He goes down. Like, as he's wiping his eyes, he looks up, gun in his face. Mm-hmm. He instinctively grabs the gun and, like, is wrestling with the guy with the gun while the other two are starting to punch him. Like he's he, on some uh, Detroit urban survival. Yeah. yeah that, if he would have took that, like, he, he would have took the gun yeah. and... and Hail the assailants at bay until the police came, but like he didn't take the class. Hail the assailants at bay until the police came. <laughs> he didn't take the class though, so like he barely escaped with his life. Like he he uh, got the better of the three guys. Like one of them ran, one snatched his chain and ran off. The last one he was wrestling with the gun. He headbutts him. The guy falls down, and as he's getting like they're both they both fall on the ground. Paperboy gets up first. His other guy gets up. He's looking and he. Paperboy notices he still has the gun, so he walk runs off. And like you got a tight shot of Paperboy running, and you hear a gunshot, and you hear it hit the ground in the dirt by his feet as he's running. Like so, this guy is shooting at him as he's running into the woods. So he he gets away. Like he hears him chasing him, so he he lays on the ground and picks up a weapon or whatever. Like he breaks a stick off, and he's just sitting there like waiting for the inevitable. But instead of the the guys, he sees uh, what's his name, Riley. Riley. Yeah. So I, I want to talk about that a little bit. Like this whole idea of, hey, you're famous, you're a star. Mm-hmm. Uh, here is my opportunity to do one of a few things. We can take a picture with you, and then people will see that we're cool, and in our little orbit, we'll get more, we'll get more followers. Or we can rob you and make a make a mix, make a put a mm-hmm. track out, and that we got you watching your chain. So as a celebrity, especially, and they say being a, somebody said this recently, uh, being a trap, being a rapper is one of the most dangerous professions, if not the most dangerous profession, because what happens? Where where are these people getting killed? You know, like we mentioned, Nipsey Hussle getting killed in his own store. Young Dolph getting killed, going to, to patronize a black owned business in his neighborhood, trying to keep it real. Um, just so many times that have hell, even uh, Benny the Butcher getting shot in Houston. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's like yeah, there's a myriad of Detroit rappers who've been killed in Detroit, like yeah. in Chicago, saying Dex thing. Osama. Yeah, and, and like, uh, I'm not gonna get into that, right? <laughs> but so it's like, um, it, it. And then, you know, that brought me back to that situation that happened with uh, years ago. And we talked about it on episode. YN Almighty J uh, got his chain stolen. And what they do, they immediately put out a a song about it. (laughs) Hell, even a dude that killed King Vaughn, he put a song out. Like, they see rappers are, it's an opportunity to, like, kill. They see as an opportunity. Like, actors don't have to deal with this. Nobody's going to rob and, you know, I got I got Tom Cruise's chain. And I'm about to make a song about it. You know what I'm saying? But it's with rappers. It's like fair game. And is that because of the content of their music and its image they have to portray, or this need to still stay in that element and be real? You know what? I think it is a byproduct of the rap genre going from. Um, entertainment and having a purpose to like uplift and tell a story to like it being more um profitable to say you're not an entertainer and uh you're not trying to tell a story we're just watching you live your life like when you make a song that's an actual depiction of your life like when you step out of the booth you're that guy like that that that's how rappers are looked at and I I think that started from NWA honestly like mm. uh, yeah. yeah like a, a white guy got it and said yeah I, I could market this better right. like this like so now reality rap ex- is what exactly. it was called initially right mm-hmm. because yeah there's no other sort of uh, any other industry of any other I guess genre of music you don't have that sort of baggage it it, it kind of goes back to just being a black man in America, man. Like when you think about even like college sports, right. the most profitable sports are, are football. football and basketball, mm-hmm. which are predominantly black. And those are also the only two sports where they 
fought tooth and nail to make sure that it, before you go pro, you got to at least play a year, three yep. years. All right, well, not two years. Yep. All right, now one year. Yep. You know, they fought tooth and nail to that. Even my man Maurice Claret. I don't even know if you remember that, yeah, bro. Uh, like, Ohio State who yeah. just was killing him. I was like, yeah, sophomore is like, let me go out. I'm already right. better than everybody else in shows, right. y'all. Now he robbing liquor stores because they fought tooth and nail to keep him, you yeah. know, from playing in pro. Exactly. But if he was if if so they can't do it by race. But if you're a lacrosse player, more than likely you're gonna be white. Yep. Or if you're a tennis player, more than likely you're gonna be yep. white. Or a baseball player, yep. or a hockey player. So yep. hey, if you're good, you can go right there. Exactly. You don't have to you don't have to play any and football is the only one that still has that. At least now in basketball, you got the choice of saying I can play I overseas, overseas. Yep. I go to G League, or I can go to college. And you look at that with college football. Who's always in the national championship? Georgia, Alabama, Alabama. these southern states that exactly. used to have slavery. My, my dad was like, hey, you watching the game? Who, who you going for? I said, the most benevolent slave owner. <laughs> <laughs> because all that is, it's, it's, it's such a coincidence that the place that had the best, that made the best <laughs> slaves also made the best football players. <laughs> still new. It's something in those Georgia or Alabama. What <laughs> were they doing there before? They went from they were the, the it used to be cotton. Now it's like it's still kind of slavery. <laughs> you playing football for free. And you gotta you're an indentured servant now. That Damn. is what you are. If you are a football player, you are an indentured servant because you got nowhere else to go with the NCAA to go to the NFL. Here's the thing, like well, so basketball and I think the the way the, the college and the D-League is set up now is a testament to how much better the NBA was ran and marketed uh, over the past 20 years yeah, in the NFL. It, yeah. it's, it's, it's global. It's, it's worldwide. We have international stars. We have we have rules being made about the All-Star game because, like, some guy from fucking Croatia, wherever the hell he was, I don't even remember who it was, like, he made the – he was a starter in the All-Star game. He was he wasn't even averaging double digits and shit, but like his whole country voted for him and shit. Like, but you oh, can really? mobile, yeah, yeah. Like, and they changed the rule that said, like, nigga, no. Nah. <laughs> 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 but like they a whole country mobilized behind somebody. You got him starting an all-star game or it should have. <laughs> but no. One point three yeah, points exactly. a game. <laughs> <laughs> He's on everybody poster in that country though. But but it's global, so he like said, nigga they, 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 <laughs> <laughs> But they um they, they they marketed and they've uh bolstered basketball to where there's a market for it overseas. So I don't have to go to college. I can go over here right. and still get that level like of competition and, and exactly come Each to the league and, and look at look at LaMelo. Look at LaMelo. Right. Brandon Jennings. Well, I mean, for a time, yeah. yeah he I mean, was the it, first one to do it. So he was the, he was the very first one. Yeah, exactly. And he he came to the league and was in the league. He got paid. To got play. paid. And then and got, got paid got in the league. league. It was a lottery pick. Got but paid. But even more so, LaMelo Ball, I think he was like top three or something. Yeah, yeah. but look, Brandon Jennings, he fucked up hey, his knee, too. He, he did that. So uh, it was another one, too. Oh... I can't remember. Like he wanted the rights. Like he wanted to do. Like uh, he was doing media. So he was like, "No, I need to buy the rights to my name." And he did that and went overseas and then went to the league. Uh, I, I don't remember his name. I but, have to look up. But, but to the, to that point, um, I mean, football is an allegory for slavery. <laughs> but um, going back to the episode, man. So now we're like you said. Now he meets Wiley, right? Um, who um, serves as kind of like a what is that? Like, spirit guy. Spirit That's guide. what it was. Exactly. It was spirit yeah. So it's a spirit guy. Um, he finds him. He like they say, you know, in the in the notes that he he starts off rather innocuous. Uh, there are some things that he says um, throughout that I thought were pretty compelling. But I'll let you, you know, you know, start off with your perspective. So on what you thought of Wiley? Wiley wasn't really there. Wiley is a reflection of Paperboy's conscience. Like mm. that's one mm. why he, he, he one of the things he told him was like. Uh, Paperboy snapped at him and like he he was like stop following me blah 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 like I'm serious like and Wiley said you just like your mother right which was interesting because this episode was dedicated to his mother it starts off with a, a mother figure in mm -hmm. his house while yep. he's depressed yep 
And like he he really you could kind of see that on his through throughout this whole episode, you felt that type of energy or whatever. Like and when he said that, like it 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 was it was powerful in that moment. Like and Paperboy was like, what? And then he just started laughing. Like that that uh significant moment just kind of faded off his face and it went back to him being like just a a, a goofy kind of side like lightweight side character he's laughing and like talking crazy again mm-hmm. we're we're but like he said that like and it, he said other things like um towards the end where he really when it was and i believe this was paperboy going from that nail salon walking off like i don't need this i'm gonna be real directly into like he chose to be real and really got robbed. Like the the, the people was asking, him, "Oh, so you keeping it real? Because this is what real looks like." Mm-hmm. Like so, he he went from that to what real looks like to the woods to battling with his own inner demons to help him make that decision. And like the the Wiley told him, he said like you, he was like, "If you don't get out of here, I'm gonna kill you." Like because like Ooh, it, and it's so deep because. Earlier, we were talking about the difference between the immigrant experience in this mm-hmm. country and the black yeah. experience. Yeah. Um, and part of that is the trap, right? Mm-hmm. And they call it trap music because it is a trap. It's designed to keep you down. Exactly. Whereas an immigrant has this perspective. They don't have the baggage, so they travel light. Exactly. Whereas, you know, if you were born in this country, you carry that baggage yeah. and you stand still. Um, you have this whole I, notion that you can't do this because you're black. You can't, you know, and it was set up that way. But it now it's like your body's no longer trapped, but your mind's still trapped. No, and that's something that brings back to something he said. Like Wiley said, make the decision. Mm-hmm. Make the decision. If you're not moving, you're dead. Yep. And that, like if he's not moving forward, stepping into that new world of not necessarily taking the sip, but like that that's a a, a metaphor for him, like buying a new cl- and becoming that star. Like if he wants to stay here, he's dead. Like he's looking down the barrel of a gun. Like yep. so he has to make that decision. And it it lead it ends with him walking out of the woods and he's meeting that fan. He didn't take pictures before. He's like, oh look. You see him, he's taking a selfie now. now. It's time. He's, yeah, it's he like, made that decision. Like that now, yeah, it's time to level up. I can't exactly. stay in this one situation. Exactly. I, I can't stay stagnant. I'm going to die here. Like if and, you're not moving, you're dying. It, it, it was it, it was like, I, I felt it when I seen him smiling. Like, And he's like showing the grill. Like he's smiling. You see the blood soaking his teeth, like running down. It's like he, he's bleeding through that, like and coming into the new him. Like he... Mm. Yeah, yeah, like taking a picture, like I'm, I'm here, not like, man, shit's deep, bro. Yeah, that's pretty deep. I didn't even catch that whole mm-hmm. aspect of it. Um, what else did you have on that? Your, your thoughts on on the Wiley character and that that's deep that you said he didn't exist because, for no. instance, good point. He's got a knife on him, like mm-hmm. he's about to rob. I, I won't. Kill. Wiley has a knife on paper. Wiley, yes, Wiley has a knife on paper, boy. Paperboy moves away from it and stumbles and sees and he looks back. Wiley's still there with the with the knife at his, you know, against the air. So right. Wiley's exactly. mind. His fear did not, it, it only existed in his mind. This wasn't a real person. Mm-hmm. And, and it shows exactly. certain elements of that because, like, out of nowhere, dude pulls up a bottle of moonshine. They just right. roll around. Exactly. So it's like, he's looking <laughs> but like. Where did he get that? Right. But that's like a he has this assumption that this you know this guy don't know he's a fool he's a drunker or whatever uh-huh. like but he was spitting some truth you know he was spitting the truth the paperboy already knew he already right. made the decision he just had to understand why like Matrix type shit like dude like the the fucking Wiley was a program like just to get him to make the decision that he knew he already made which is mm. you got to step into that light like. And unfortunately for Earn, like you kind of got to get rid of Earn, and like, right. yeah, so that, that that's coming. Yeah, that's that's what happens in that next episode. Exactly. You see that he's made that shift in his mind mentally. Like, I'm a star. I deserve more. Yep. I'm not going to settle. Yep. Like even dialing it back to when he's in the store with Sierra, 
and he's talking about she's talking about you know managing more supposed to give you free stuff. He's like, oh, I don't know how to do none of that kind of right. stuff, right? Um, it's this low expectation. It's like to keep it real, I got to continue to struggle. I got still got to stay this. Uh-huh. this so he has the like talent. my manager ain't even an engine. That's my cousin. I'm keeping it real. I got my cousin with me. I'm keeping it real. Like, but like sometimes you gotta make the make the business decision. Right. right. You gotta level up. You gotta decide yep. to. Ha- it's it's all in your mindset. You gotta have the right attitude and move forward with stuff. Or you can have all the opportunity in, your, in the world. You can have a Rolls Royce outside, but if you don't get into it and drive it, you're not gonna go anywhere. Exactly. And that. Exactly. Yeah. So. What what else were your thoughts on on this episode? Like, uh, that, that was pretty much it. Like when once he uh, went into the store and like took the selfie, like, and I realized what was going on that that was the him solidifying for sure. This is what I decided. Like, I, I'm going. I'm I'm gonna do this. Like, I I'm not going to that no more. Like, even with all the, the dirty clothes, the like he crawled out of the mud into the light of the BP gas station and recorded it with a selfie. You know what right. I'm saying? Like his whole journey. So like that that's that that that's what I got. Like it, it great way to end it. Yeah. And you know, we'll see how he makes, you know, those decisions and how his mindset shifts in that next episode. But I mean, that's a fundamental thing you have to do is, you know, you have to just make a decision on, on, on what you're going to do because you're either moving forward because if you stand still, there's a moving right past you. What, what did uh, Wiley say? You make decisions. If you ain't moving, you're dead. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's it for this episode for us. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode where we'll be talking about North of the Border. Um but till then, keep it locked with anthropology where we mind and mind culture. It's your boy, the Silk Man, Elsa Doso. Nature Boy, Silk Flair. With my compadre, as always. It's your boy, Louis Newton, the People's Champ. Resident Resident of the Podcast. Y'all know what it is. Peace. Peace.